discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you, Lord. All right, so you are welcome to tonight's service. All right, so today if you have any question on your heart, if there's any question on your mind, if there's any question on your heart, you are at liberty to ask. All right, our brother's hand is up. McDaniel's hand is up. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Okay, so um, <laughs> my question is three, but they are related. <laughs> it's three? Yes, please. Wow. Okay, so uh, please, the first one is about abortion. Hey! <laughs> The second one is also about abortion, but under um, certain conditions. For example, if a lady gets raped, those kind of situations. And the third... That's what I want. <laughs> Draw near. <laughs> Draw near to me. Yes. Okay, and please, the third is about um, the use so of... what is the first one? Abortion. What has it done? Uh, it, what is the Bible's... <laughs> <laughs> what is the Bible's... Um, View. Stand... Yes, what's the Bible's view on abortion? Uh, and then the second one is, um, there are certain schools of thought that say that, okay, if under certain, certain circumstances, a lady is entitled to um, abort a baby. Uh, so, like, I would like you to touch on that. And the third one is the use of contraceptives in marriage. Yes, please. Are you married? Why are you asking this question? Are you married? Hey, what a shock. Since you are not the one who created life, you don't have power to terminate it. If you put that power in your hands, you are terminating what God has authored. And it's a sin, it's wrong. One guy was, um, was supposed to raise children for his brother who had passed on. You know, in the Old Testament, you could do that. If your wife passes, if your husband passes on, you can, uh, your, wife, your wife's brother, your wife's, sorry, your husband's brother, older or younger, can raise a seed onto you. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Now, this guy did not want to raise a seed onto his brother. So he accepted to have sex with his brother's wife for the seed. But in the course of the process, when he was going to ejaculate, there's no child here, so we can say ejaculate. When he was going to ejaculate, he pulled out and ejaculated on the floor. Okay. Have you read it in your Bible before? Yeah. And God killed him. Yeah, God terminated him. So even that, God was not happy about. How much more? There's no record of abortion in the Bible. Do you understand? There's nobody in the Bible who did an abortion. Everybody was born. The instruction was that Multiply and replenish. Be fruitful and multiply. Isn't it? 
It's actually one of the curses. Yes, none shall cast forth as young. Let me show you. Uh, there's one in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Genesis 38, verse what? Genesis 38 from verse 6 to 9. And Judah took a wife for her, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And Er Judah's firstborn was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. And Judah said unto Onan, Go in unto thy brother's wife, and marry her, and raise up seed to thy brother. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his. And it came to pass, when he went in unto his brother's wife, that he, pulled, he spilled it on the ground. And he pulled out and spilled it on the ground, lest that he should give seed to his brother. That was the intention. He didn't want to give seed to his brother. And the thing which he did displeased the Lord. Wherefore, he slew him also. Hallelujah. So that's the first one. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. Then the one you mentioned. Now, Exodus 23, 26. There shall nothing cast thy young, nor be barren, nor in, in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. It's part of the blessings of God. Verse 25. It says, and ye shall serve... Genesis 23, 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast thee young. Do you understand that? Let's read that version so that we understand it. This is King James English. So, All your animals will give birth without loss. Not one will be without young in all your land. I will give you a full measure of life. Other versions, please. Message. Message. There won't be any miscarriages nor barren women in your land. Have you seen it? So it's a, bless, it's a blessing to give birth to. People are just doing abortion like it is nothing. Hmm? Don't do what brings abortion to start with. <laughs> do you understand? Uh-huh. Because God emphatically mentions that. Flee fornication. Or you've not read in your Bible. Because he knows that Someone will get pregnant. One of the people, under the guy or the lady. <laughs> or both of you. One of you will get, someone will get pregnant. And uh, because you are not ready for the child, you would want to terminate the life of the child. Now, don't ask me questions concerning when does the life of the child come? Does it come when the fertilization takes place or at a particular point in time in the month of the pregnancy? Have you heard such questions before? I've been asked several times. Like, what time does the life, the life in the flesh come? Is it when the blood forms or what is it? You remember? Brothers and sisters, every abortion be abortion. And it is termination of life that you didn't author. So flee fornication. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Flee fornication. Why? Because fornication will lead you to pregnancy. Unwanted pregnancy. And you would want to abort. And you will feel guilty after. Some people don't feel guilty after. You miss God. Flee fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Have you seen people trying to do abortions and dying? Have you seen some before? Some time ago, it used to be a very scary thing to do. When we were in GSS, going to secondary school, we smoking was a, was a very dangerous thing to do. Abortion in the 90s was very... I mean, you can't, you can't try. But now it's like it's nothing. Did you hear of what happened in Accra? The waste, the waste uh, collection agency in Accra. Waste and kasangasa, pupu waste. 
sewage, the sewage collection agency of the country, are begging Ghanaians that they should stop doing abortion in the toilet because they see too many fetuses in the thing than they do poo-poo. You didn't hear? It was in the news about a month ago that the foreign materials are so many and it includes fetuses, too many abortions. Right now, it is nothing. People take, is it one down, two up, or two down, two up? I won't tell you the name. And then the baby will come out. Yeah. And it's in the toilet. Yes. It's mixed with all kinds of things. And we're begging that they are having difficulty working because they are seeing it too much. Yeah. So it's not right. It's not supposed to be like that. If only you will, will heed to what God says. Okay? If, only, if someone had aborted you, you would not be here. Do you know you could have been aborted? Yes. How many of you know? Yeah. If, you, if your mother will be truthful and tell you the circumstances surrounding your birth, you will be surprised that you nearly ended up in a toilet, in a water closet. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. So flee fornication. Every single man do it is without a body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body because it leads into all kinds of things. So hold your thing where it's supposed to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't understand why you'll be having sex and not think that you'll get pregnant. Okay? Mm-hmm. We, we shouldn't be asking whether abortion is right or wrong. We shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a question. Yeah. Because the fact, what leads to it, God says, flee. So what, what, what else do you want? Or you want me to say, oh, it's normal. Right? You can just continue. You can't. You can't. Tell me, but you can't. Keep your sins where they belong. I don't know if you want to say something, my dear. Yeah, I called you because you are passionate. She's passionate about this. Yeah, because a lot of people are removing children away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, in the medical field, abortion is... Um, is one of the, I think, controversial topics. I think what the problem we are seeing right now is the way and manner in which sex has been normalized in our societies. And that is what is causing the surge in the abortion. And it's being like an option in, they are making it look like the woman has a right to do whatever they want to do with their body. So it's like an option just have sex, you get pregnant, you take it out. But anybody who has done it will tell you that it is, it is not an easy process. Okay? It is one of, it's a very painful process, one. And two, um, there's a lot of guilt that comes with it. Okay? If you've done it before, God has forgiven you. Don't worry about it. If you, are, if you have confessed your sin, God has forgiven you about it. Because that the problem we are having right now is that the information that is going out is really, 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 really distorted. So a lot of the young people are just having sex without any... They want to have sex. And they're having sex without any form of protection. They are getting pregnant. And then they are having repeated abortions. And when they, it comes for the Five, time for six, them to seven. have children, then they are having issues. 
So it's, it's a very sad thing. Abortion in and of itself is bad. And there's a second question, so in which conditions? Okay, now what happens is that there are some conditions like the mother is not fit to give birth or something like that. I'm talking as a doctor right now. I'll try and, I'll try and bring the faith in it. If the mother is not fit and the, the fetus going and going forward can cause the life of the mother or both their lives is terminated so that at least one life is preserved. Okay. And it happens. Okay. But then there are people who have faith. I've seen a woman who was on chemotherapy and was pregnant and was advised to terminate the pregnancy. But she believed that if she was going to die, because she has cancer, she has to have a baby. And she delivered the baby, and they were both sitting there. And I was really, I remember seeing her, I was like, wow, this is a very tough, you know, she had faith to give birth, you get it? Uh-huh. So one thing you have to realize is that not all people have faith. Not all people have faith. That is actually the truth. Okay? So, for example, if somebody has a sick and then gets pregnant or something of the sort, and she doesn't have the faith to keep the child, I don't think God will judge her that she, she allowed the abortion. You understand? Because that is how far her faith would take her. Now, when it comes to rape... That is one of the very difficult ones, especially for a Christian daughter like me, because rape is a very terrible thing. It's a very, very terrible thing that happens to people. And the worst thing that can actually happen to a person or a woman is to get pregnant through that process. Okay, so I know that what they have put in place is to give an emergency contraceptive. I personally, At this point in time in my life, because of the trauma that the people go through, I agree. Because it's very difficult. If you haven't seen one before, you cannot judge anybody. Okay. So, but um, sometimes they miss it. And like I said, it comes down to the faith aspect of it. Because what can happen is that the trauma that it can bring to the woman can be so high, okay, it can destroy the lady. And even if she gives birth to the child, she probably throw the child away or something. It's, very, it's a very difficult process. These are things that are very, you know, um, dicey topics. So in some specific reason, in my mind, because um, abortion, like you said, is not a good thing, but there are times personally, okay, that I would allow it. I'm a doctor, okay. This is my personal opinion. Okay. The person is sick. The person doesn't have faith. You you can't have faith for the woman, because if she dies, what will you do? Yeah, that's one thing you learn when you, you are in medicine. Okay, you you have faith. You have your beliefs, but then the, you realize the person doesn't believe what you are believing. So you can't say that. Oh, I've prayed for you, so go. What are you talking about? You'll be in trouble. Do you understand? Unless the person, it's a like faith, it's an agreement, and then we are all going forward. Okay? So that person can do it. But and in the case of rape too, okay, 
So it all comes right down to your faith. Okay? But then the people who do it as if it is like, um, I don't even know what it is. That is horrible. What that a, one is bad. Yeah. As though they, they were easing yeah. themselves. Yeah. There are some people who are ignorant of it. You'd be surprised that there are a lot of people right now, a lot of young people right now who don't know much even about contraceptives. So that comes down to your third question about contraceptives. I don't see anything wrong with contraceptives. Because... As an unmarried person. No, as an unmarried Christian person. As an unmarried person. As an unmarried person. Did you, yours, yours said married, right? As a oh, married person. Uh. Yes, even in marriage, oh. Hey, if you can't take care of four children. Don't try. Then you are just giving birth. Yeah, because there are contraceptives that don't cause um, the fusion. Okay, there are some that don't let you even release your eggs or... You know, there are ones that don't do that. So there are things you can take um, part in. And even a condom is not bad. Onan had a wrong motive for what he did. That's why God killed him. Okay. Onan had been commanded by God to do what he was supposed to do, and he didn't do it. Okay. So if you can't take care of your children... It was a job from the Spirit. (laughs) Wow. What a blessing. So what he did was wicked. You know, what he did was wicked. You understand? Yeah, so um, there's nothing wrong as I'm doing contraception. In marriage? In marriage. No, there's nothing wrong with it. In marriage, because right now there are 16 year olds who are taking contraceptives. Yes. Because they are highly sexually active. Yes, and me, if you are a highly sexually active person who is not born again, I'll let you do contraceptive. Contraceptive, yeah. Because they'll get pregnant and come and give you stress. Yeah. Do you get it? And no, seriously, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So if we, we want to talk about it, then we have to convert them. Do you get it? You can't sit in your high horse somewhere and be looking down on them, hey, you know, you know, that kind of thing. But if you are not teaching them, then you don't have a right to condemn them. Do you understand? Yes. So before you start to condemn, and be, be careful about condemnation, okay? Okay. Do your work as a Christian. Go preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to them. If Get you preach the saved. gospel, yeah. the Holy Spirit will prick them. Yes. In their hearts, and they won't yeah. do certain things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because I, I know this is a very um, interesting question. And when you go the condemnation way too much, People don't even go. Don't go there. Don't go there. Until you have seen it live and colored, you realize it is not a joke like that. Okay. So let's pray for our brethren. Let's pray for the young people. And then let's preach the word of God to them. Okay. I hope you've been answered. Yeah. And apart from all that my wife has said, there are complications. Uh-huh. There are a lot of complications that lead to possible death. Okay, there are complications. You could be in a place where you can't have a child any longer. Yeah, now you want to have a child. You are married to a wonderful man. You want to have a child now, and it is not coming. Because maybe you were destined to have two children, and you had two abortions. (laughs) It's happened to people. It's happened to a lot of people. I know someone personally happened to 
She aborted about six children. Six. And when it was time for her to, none was coming. This old, oh, she's, she's above, she's above 60 now. Yes, she's long time ago. When abortion was not common, she was into it. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I also know somebody like, an older person like that. Yeah, she also, she was just into all kinds of things. She was a hot chick. Her bottoms were big. The men were all over her. So she was taking advantage of it. Abortion was nothing for her. I mean, she would just, she would just take it out. She would just take it out. You know, now, when she wanted to have a child, she couldn't. So she just was without a child. So uh, some people can send children. Go and buy this for me. She can't have that. She can't send people to buy anything for her. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So don't think that nothing will like, there are no complications. There are possible complications. People have lost their lives. There was a lady in our church who got pregnant like that. You know? We told her, don't abort. Her pastor sat her, he sat her down and spoke to her, don't abort the baby. The mother said, abort the baby. She didn't come back. This was two years ago. She went to abort and didn't come back. She died, yes. She died sharp. Yes, she died. You know, and normally, because of the fear related to it, the lady would not want to go to the right places to get the right help. So you look for some quack corner abortion doctor to put all kinds of things inside you and cut the baby and bring the baby up. It's wrong, please. Okay? Praise the Lord. Yeah, contraception in marriage, there's nothing wrong with it. It's powerful. You can't, you can't, if you can't take care of them. And sometimes it's not healthy for the lady. Every other year you are giving birth. Every other year you are giving birth. Every other year. It's not healthy. Do you understand? And sometimes you realize you are, you are, you realize you are 25, your brother is 24. <laughs> like, what happened? So you have to, you have to be, be healthy. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are suspecting him. Eh? He came just after one year. It's one year difference. Wow. Very little. Your father was wild. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anyways, any other question? Yes. My mother's hand is up. Have we answered you? Flee fornication. I've preached about it. What fornication does to you, isn't it? So you can refer to it. It's easier to say, to have sex than to say, I love you in our time. That's all. The sex is happening. Know what? No too much. No, no, no talking. You don't have to talk much. You just do the... That's all. And the gates are open. What a shock. That's people forget about HIV and all that. You know? Syphilis and all that. Gonorrhea and all that. What else? Baba Sukrame. <laughs> Yes, please ask a question. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Please, this is a question someone asked some time ago. It's about Ephesians 1, where Paul said that God does all things according to the good pleasure of his will. Of his will, yeah. Then, way back in Genesis 6, I believe, either Genesis 6 or 5, the Bible says that the imagination of man's heart was continually evil. Genesis 6, 4, 5. And it grieved God's heart that he made him and God was sorry. And it's repented of the Lord that he made man. So the person said that if God does all things according to the good pleasure of his will, 
and he has an eternal purpose. Why will God create man on the surface of the earth? Then God himself, he said that it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Then this is someone's question. So I'm now asking, asking my, your my question. question. <laughs> then let me answer this so I can answer your question. Yes, Pastor. What do you think? Yes, Pastor. All right. Now, if you, you, if you, uh, you manufacture this particular cooling fan and it's not doing your well, what you made it for, okay? Uh, the reason why this cooling fan may not do, may do your well is because it is automated. And even when it starts malfunctioning, what will you do? You throw it out and bring out another one. Is that true? Uh, man, man is a, is a, is a, is a free agent. Man has a will. And God, God created man in his own image after his own likeness. Man is like God. You see? Just as God has sovereignty and has will and can do things after his own good pleasure, man can also do things after his own good pleasure. That is why we are where we are. It is because of that particular quality in man. That is why we are where we are. God puts that in Adam. That Adam can do whatever he wants to do. Adam can choose to follow God or choose to follow something else. And he chose to follow something else. It is Adam's choice. Adam knew exactly what he was doing. The Bible says that Adam was not deceived. First Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy 2, 13. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Next verse. And Adam was not deceived. Do you see? Adam was what? Do you understand when you say someone was not deceived? What does it mean? It means he knew what he, knew what he was doing. He knew. He knew what he was doing. He knew what would happen when he partakes of the fruit. He made a choice. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in a transgression. The woman was the one who was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. So, women are not the cause of man's problem. It's man who is the cause of his own problem. Because he knew what he was doing. Do you see? Uh-huh. So, that quality in man is what made man choose to go the wrong way. And it became full-blown in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. When the thoughts and the intents of man's heart was continually, was evil continually. And man, God, God, I was like, ah, this is not why I made these people. So I wipe everybody away. I made them. Just like the way Adam said, I, I, I am my own man. I will take the fruit. God also said, me too, I am my own man. I will destroy everybody. And you can't ask, you can't ask God questions about why He's destroying everybody. He made them. He wants to take them out. What can you see? Oh, you don't understand. Why are you wearing your shirt? Why do you throw away your boxer shorts after some time? Why don't you wear? Because it was beloved for you. To you. It's so unfair. It was beloved to you. Or your, your panty. It was beloved to you when you bought it. After some time, you want to cast it out. The panty should be shouting, Hey, 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 what? What is all discrimination? What's all this? Why don't you, you have used me and now you are throwing me away. I don't know if, if you understand what I'm trying to say. So, same thing. Man falls in that category with respect to God. And man is alive and survives because of the mercy of God. Because of the mercy of God. It is by mercy that we are not consumed. As the scriptures say. Okay? So, God decided to clear everybody. According to the good pleasure of his will. <laughs> Do you understand? Then he found... Uh, Noah found favor in his sight. Noah found favor in the sight of God. Because, you know, when God told uh, 
told Eve, Adam and Eve, in Genesis chapter 3, that the seed of the woman shall crush the, the, the head of the serpent, and the, the serpent shall bruise his heel, the devil got to know that a seed will come from the woman that will destroy him. So he decided to corrupt the seed of man. That is why in Genesis chapter 6, you see beings coming from the heavenly places to come and intermingle with women. Okay? Just to corrupt the seed of man. He can corrupt the bloodline of man. There were giants in the earth in those days. Verse 4. Genesis 6, 4. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bear children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Why did this happen? Because of that promise that was made in Genesis chapter 3 about the seed of the, the woman crushing the head of the serpent. So the serpent or Satan wanted to destroy what God has said. Do you get it? Uh-huh. And so introduced the seed of angels, falling angels, to corrupt the seed of man. But then Noah found, Noah found grace in the sight of God. If you go down, you see it. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Next verse. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah worked with God. You know, the word perfect, the word perfect, okay, is the word for pure in his bloodline. Noah was the purest during that time. He was the one who had not mingled with anybody. He and his sons. He gave birth. You know, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth are triplets. He gave it to them at once. Next verse. And Noah begat three sons. Normally you say, and Noah begat Shem. And after this he begat this one. After this he begat this one. But this one is Noah begat three sons. He gave it to three sons at once. So they were triplets. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They were all, they all came at once like that. And Noah raised them well because Noah, Noah found grace in the sight of God before he gave it to Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That was why they were allowed to enter the ark with them because they were pure in their blood. That was why they were the only ones who could repopulate the earth. So when Noah came out of the ark, God gave him another assignment of repopulating the earth. He gave what he told Adam is the same as what he told Noah. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Uh-huh. So it's been the devil's aim all this while to destroy what God wants. So God has made a plan according to his will. And the devil is interested in twatting that plan, aborting that plan. That's basically what he does. And that's what he's, he's, he's uh, happy about. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. So for you, for instance, he has plans for you. Everyone sitting here. The devil has plans for everybody. God has planned that you go here. He says, no, you will not go here. You go here. And depending on your will, who you allow your will to follow, whether you allow your will to follow God's own, plans or you allow your will to follow the devil's own, you end up wherever you are supposed to end up depending on your choice. So everything bounces back to your choice. To you and your decision, not to God. It's now in our hands. So where do you want to go? Ask anybody, where do you want to? You want to follow the plans of God, right? That's why we come to church. That's why we pray. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we do all the things we are doing so that we can be in line with God and always have our wills conformed to the will of God. To see what he wants to see happen in our lives. Help up answer you. Great. What's the other one? First Corinthians you? three. First Corinthians three. Three. Uh, okay. First Corinthians three. Do you three. know these things are not done in a lot of churches? Do you know 
a pastor will not stand and tell you, ask me any question. Or you don't know. You do know it's a great privilege and great blessing from God that we, are, we can do such things. And God gives us answers. Hey! Say hey. So be, be happy. First Corinthians 3. Okay, please. Where Paul talks about where our works will be tried by fire. From verse 11. Yeah. Other foundation, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Next Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Verse 14. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Thank you, Pastor. The last statement. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet Yet so so as as by by fire. fire. That statement, yet so as by fire. I want to know if it has any direct correspondence with, uh, in Revelation, John said that these people shall have a taste of the second death. That statement, I want to know. Revelation 20. Verse 3. Cast him the bottomless pit and shut him up and set him a silver. Next verse, verse 4. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first. Resurrection. Next verse. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. Is this what you're saying? On such, the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Is it this one? I'm sure, Pastor. <laughs> uh, it's not this one. There's one in Revelation 2 as well that talks about how that they shall not be hurt. With the second, okay, I'm sure uh, that with, the, with the second death, right? So, Pastor, my question is, what, like what John said, that these people, whether they will not be hurt by the second death or they shall have a taste of the second death. Revelation two eleven. Let's read it so that we, we are more concrete. Okay, Revelation two eleven. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Is this what you're talking about? Yes, I'm sure. Okay. So, my, <laughs> you are sure. Okay, continue, please. Continue. My question is, what does it mean to be hurt by the second death or like in First Corinthians 3? As by fire. As by fire. Is it that the people, the fire will burn them small or is just the trial of the works that when it is burnt, they themselves shall be saved? But please explain the yet as by fire. Uh, and, and, <laughs> all right, all right. So this is with respect to Christians, not with Unbelievers. Unbelievers are judged at the great white throne in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, 12, and 13, and 14. Okay? But Christians are judged in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. No, you know that we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether according to the, that he has done, whether it be good or bad. So this is called the Bema Sea Judgment. This is the the judgment, the one foot space judgment with Christians, with us and Christ. Okay? And it is to check our, it is a judgment unto rewards, not a judgment unto condemnation. 
It's a judgment for rewards. Christians are judged for rewards, not to be condemned and put into a lake of fire, like you have in Revelation chapter 20. You have missed that particular judgment because you have missed the first judgment, which is the judgment of sin, which has already happened in Christ. If you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you missed the white throne judgment because you missed, you, you missed the first judgment which was done in Christ because you accepted Christ's work. Please, you understand. So when you miss the first judgment, the first judgment, which is the judgment of sin in Christ, is the center of all things. That is where everything is determined from. If you don't accept that, you are pushed to the white throne judgment. Revelation chapter two. You can let's look at it. Revelation chapter twenty, verse eleven. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it. And from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Verse twelve. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So if you miss the judgment of sin, okay, which is in John chapter three, verse sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that is why He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. For God sent not the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The word condemn is judge. It's crisis. Then, look at the next verse 18. John three eighteen. He that believeth on him is not condemned. It's not judged any longer. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment of sin. The word condemned is just judgment. It's the same as judgment. You can check it for yourself. Okay? So from here, a Christian has a second judgment, which is called the judgment, the Bimasi judgment, which is in 2 Corinthians 5.10, like I showed you. You can also find it in Romans chapter 14, verse 10 as well. Okay? Now, on that day, our works is what to be judged what you did for the Lord. So if you're a Christian, like you are, your bother should not be about sin. You should be bothered about what you are doing for the Lord. Because you're wrong. Your evil is no longer sin. Your evil is now another type of evil. The evil of not doing anything with your talent. The guy who had one talent buried his talent and returned the talent to his Lord on the judgment day. And the Lord said, Depart from me, ye evil servants. So your evil as a child of God is no more sin. Your evil as a child of God is now more of not doing anything for the Lord, not having anything to do with God's kingdom. That's your evil. So on that day, our works will be judged. How is that works going to be judged? The word bima, 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The word seat is bima. Okay, it means a foot space. That is the description of the Olympic uh, uh, seat upon which medals are presented. Okay, so as if only one person can stand there, just like you after athletics, they, the first position is for one person, second, like that. You stand there and then they give you a reward. So that day you'll be standing in front of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who will be judging. How is he going to be doing it? Revelation chapter 1. Verse 17. Revelation 1, 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. Go up. Go up. Go up to verse... When he was describing him. He saw Jesus and he was describing Jesus. John, the apostle, saw Jesus and was describing Jesus. In his glorified form. Says his head, Jesus' head, 
his head and his hairs were white like wool, which represents his ancientness. He says his hair is white as wool because his, he is ancient of this. That describes his ancientness. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Have you seen it? His eyes were what? That is the fire that will judge you. So he will look into your eyes on that day. He will stand, you will stand before him alone. Alone, say alone. alone. And he will be looking into your eyes. And all your works will show forth in your eyes. And it will, it will be consumed. Those that are not from God will be consumed. He will ask you, what did you do for me? I laid down my life for you. What did you do for me? You see how, have you, today I did a staring contest with Kweku. You know staring contest? You're just looking at each other's eyes like this. Jesus will have a staring contest with you on that day. He'll look into your eyes. You see how embarrassing it can be when someone is just looking into your eyes like that? And if it, your, your, your life will just reveal itself through your eyes. If you honored him, you'll start rejoicing on that day. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, For what is our hope? I'm right. For what is our hope? Or joy? Or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? This our joy is you. So if you raise people for the Lord, if you honor the Lord by doing what he wanted you to do, as he stares at you in your eyes like that, the fire in his eyes will reveal your works and his quality, what you did for him. I see it. Uh-huh. And it's fire. So it will consume all the chaff and all the correct ones will come out purified. Gold, when it goes through fire, is purified. Silver is purified. Precious stones are purified. It was born out of fire to start with. But wood, hay, and stubble are all consumed when it goes through fire. So all those things will be consumed. Then you yourself hmm, will also be because you, it's called weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will weep and gnash your teeth because you didn't do all the opportunities you had. Apart from losing your works, you yourself will be hurt. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's weeping in heaven until Christ comes to come and wipe everybody's tears away. Let me show it to you. <laughs> so heaven will be a place of crying and tears for a lot of people. Praise the Lord. Revelations chapter... There's one in Revelation chapter 21, which is the last, the last part of... This is eternity. Okay? Let's read from verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So this, this is when everything has... God, the final judgment has taken place. The white judgment has taken place. Everybody has been... Those who are not correct have been put in the look of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The purpose of the sea, the sea would have served this purpose, so there wouldn't be any more need for a sea. Next verse. Verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Next verse. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. When he says there shall no more be death, there's first, there's first death, second death. Isn't it? The first death is what we know, dying physically. There are three deaths, actually. There's, the, there's 
spiritual death, then there's physical death, then there's eternal death. Okay? The first death is spiritual death. The second death is eternal death. Uh Uh-huh. Then there's another one too in Revelation 7. Let's read from verse... Uh Uh-huh. This one is this one hits it on the head straight away. Verse 9, Revelation 7 from verse 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and for the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. These are what do you think they are? Who do you think they are? And cried with a, a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which is upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Next verse. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. Saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white? Who are these that are arrayed in white robes? And whence come they? Next verse. And I said unto him, Say, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. And have washed their robes and made them white in the lamb, in the blood of the lamb. Next verse. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Next verse. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. Next verse. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto the living waters of life. And God shall wipe away all tears. From their eyes. Meaning that they were crying in heaven too. Oh, you don't understand my message. He wiped away all their tears. So in heaven there are some tears. There are some weeping and gnashing of teeth. The weeping and gnashing of teeth constitutes your taste of the head of the second death. Which is experienced at the Bema seat. You get it? Uh-huh. In outer darkness. Your judgment even your waiting area shows you how your judgment is going to be like. Your waiting area determines a lot. If you enter heaven and realize that where you are, where you are being kept is some way, you should know that it means that your work, your, some, there's some way, some way things are waiting for you. Yeah. In Matthew 22, Jesus spoke about how that those that you know the kingdom okay, shall be bound hand and foot and shall be thrown into uh, outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In hell there's wailing and gnashing of teeth, but in heaven there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. People weep because when they remember the opportunities they had to do something for the Lord eh, and they didn't do, it will, it will pain them. You, you see people who you could have led to Christ that you didn't mind because you were too shy. You were too much of a phlegmatic or melancholic. You, were, you felt you were too beautiful. You were nicer than them. You felt you were smarter than them. So you know what? You were... Hungrier than they were. It's like, oh, Charlie, I don't get cho chop. This is what they get. They get everything. Why should I talk to them? Yeah, Matthew 22, 13. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him on, into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This guy was a servant. He was a servant of the Lord. He told him, cast him into utter darkness. So there's utter darkness in, in heaven. Okay, but in Matthew 13, there's another outer darkness which is not in heaven. That one is in hell because it is for wailing and gnashing of teeth, and their end is a lake of fire. You can type wailing, wailing. Do you know there's a difference between wailing and weeping? How do you wail? 
no, wailing is when it's uncontrolled. Do you understand? <laughs> Matthew 13, 42. And shall cast them into, uh, go, go up. This one says, fairness, even. Fairness of fire, shall cast them into, and he was not talking about Christians, he was talking about the tests that were not correct, and how that he will root them out and shall put them. Okay? The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Next verse. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. Next verse. The Son of Man shall send for his angels, and they shall gather, to, gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and they and them which do iniquity. They are in his kingdom. Hey. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire, not outer darkness. Into a furnace of fire, there shall be other places also call it outer darkness. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. This furnace of fire is not verse 38. Go to verse 38. Same book, same chapter, verse 38. The fruit is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Next verse. The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. The, the tares are the children of, of the wicked one. They are not the children of God, but they are in the kingdom. Have you heard of false teachers before? And false prophets before? And false brethren before? Have you heard of false brethren? So there are false brethren amongst us. Hey, ask your neighbor. <laughs> Don't ask any question, just ask. <laughs> hey. So, there shall be a head. You, you will feel it. All your emotions will come. You will feel it like you feel all the opportunities you had. To be a blessing to somebody, to help somebody that you didn't take advantage of. You feel it. And you will start weeping. All the what? All the graces that was available for you to take advantage of that you didn't take advantage of. You'll just be there like that. Jesus will be looking into your eyes. His eyes will be burning with fire. <gasps> oh no! Others will be saying, Oh yes, thank you, Lord. Kalaba, shatalabaya. Wow. So Paul said, judge nothing before the time. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Look at First Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time unto the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. All of us will have praise of God by it being different categories. Amplified. Amplified. So, do not make any hasty or premature judgments before the time when the Lord comes again. For he will both bring to light the secret things. Say secret things. And all the things that are not seen by anybody. The secrets. The secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclosed and exposed. So, this is how the judgment will be. He will be disclosing and exposing. Ask your neighbor, what, what, what are they going to be disclosing and exposing? What a shock. For he will, he will bring, he will be, sorry, for he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives and purposes of hearts. Motives and purposes of hearts. So even though you are doing it, what is the motive? Why are you doing Someone is serving God because of a certain lady. 
because of the proposal you want to give. You are begging. Yeah, I've caught you. And so you have been nice. Oh, hello. How are you? Do you love? I love Jesus. Do you love? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are doing all that because you are interested. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do? I mean, you should. So you should do everything with a pure heart. You know, the verse before the verse four, Paul says that I am not conscious of anything wrong that I have done. I have served God as I believe I should. But that does not make me vindicated in any way. Hmm? Verse 4. I am not conscious of anything against myself. And I feel blameless. It's a feeling. I feel, I have a feeling of blamelessness. Like I've done all that I'm supposed to do. But I am not vindicated. Even after feeling that way, I'm not vindicated. And acquitted before God on that account. It is the Lord himself who examines and judges me. Then he says, therefore let no man judge before the time. So sometimes you see, it's like, this person is like, really, he's really serving God. Wait till we get there. Do what we have been, you have been asked to do. Maybe you will get your, a bigger reward than the person. Don't think that because I'm the one holding the microphone, I'm going to get a bigger reward than you. Not true. Say not true. If I, did, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do in my capacity, I'm in trouble. You may do yours. So it's not about positions. It's about doing what you have been asked to do. Do you understand? Uh-huh. That is why some people are against the doctrine of greatness. <laughs> Do you understand the doctrine of greatness? That we are all born to be great. They said no. We are not all born to be great. They are saying no because of what they think about with respect to greatness. They think greatness is this. Have you, you are the head of the ministry. Big. And then you are like Pastor Chris. You are holding a microphone with a white suit. You have done this. Yeah, because of what that one has also produced, the desire in people's hearts, they want to be something. Everybody wants to be something. But that is not, it's not about being, trying to be something. It's about doing what God has sent you to do. That's all. If you do what God has called, if you read Final Quest by Rick Joyner, you will understand some of these things. You will not get involved with foolishness and break churches and do all kinds of things. You will not get involved with that. Because in Rick Joyner's book, there was a great man of God who wrote books and did so many things. He had a big church. But when he went to heaven, he was in outer darkness. He and his wife were in outer darkness. Why? Because their ministry was such that it stifled everybody. All those who were supposed to start branches and go out of the ministry and do things, they stifled everybody with certain teachings. He was the one who was a big man. Big man. And he became a big man here on earth. His books are all over. But even books are judged in heaven. Final quest, dear. Read. You will see how books are judged. Those of you want to, you want to write. By all means, I want to write. What have you, what have you experienced that you want to write? What have you survived? Turn it back. Calm down. Relax. Do what you know you have been called to do. Because that's what you'll be judged on. Yeah, that's what you'll be judged on. And whatever time God calls you, He has called you. He thinks that you, your time is finished. What He sent you to do, you are, you are finished. Come. What's your problem? Just go. Hallelujah. Last year we lost one of our brothers. Probably his time was up. It was time for him to go. And it's funny. The day, the day before he died, he had an all night. Wednesday into Thursday. Who does that? How many people do that? You do Wednesday all night. How many of you do that? Even me, I don't do that often. Yeah. Church member. I was in the church. He was praying. 25-year-old boy. Praying 
overnight. Prayed overnight. Found a venue for her, the church, the branch church she was in. That morning. Made calls to his pastor that this the venue is here. I'm going to Kumasi. I'll be back. He never returned. He died on the road. And his body was even missing for one week. We had to look for his body for one week. Hey! It's not a joke. It's time for him to go. Probably he has done what God wants him to do. It's time to come. Because if maybe if he stays long, he will not be he will denounce Christ. So come. What a shock. Do what you're supposed to do. That's what you'll be judged on. Okay? In Jesus' name. Okay. Any other question? Um, Daddy, please. I wanted to know. You see, <laughs> the secret, <laughs> the secret thing. They said that uh, on that day to be exposed. I'm telling but you. But you see, maybe like you've done those things and then you've asked for forgiveness. What are you going to do? <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, I am critical. It has become a critical thing. Like, is God going to review all those things, Lord? When Jesus is looking at you, say, Jesus, stop that. Stop that. I thought we are spoken about this already. You say, Jesus, don't go there. I thought we are spoken about it. Why? Why? Why are you embarrassing me? It came with us fast. Why are you trying to talk about this? <laughs> remember. Remember. Okay? Remember that it is not sin that is under judgment here. The sin per se. I'm talking about the fact that maybe you'll be it's doing. It's not about the sin per se. Uh, I mean, I want the senior and your that is gone, but maybe after, like, you are supposed to be doing something for God and you said you are using your time to do other things. Or maybe you are doing that thing by yourself. If, if you didn't confess your sin here to show up, Paul said, if we judge ourselves, 1 Corinthians chapter. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 11.31 For if we would judge ourselves hmm? If you would judge yourself That is why you must have sessions of talking to the Lord That if there is anything that Search my heart, O Lord And see if there be any iniquity hmm? That was the prayer of, of David You must pray such prayers Search me Psalm 139 Verse 1 Verse 23 Search me, O God and know my heart. Hey, it's a prayer. Search me. Tell anybody, search me, O oh God. <laughs> Tell anybody, it's not you. God should search me, not you. Don't search me. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Next verse. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Because if I was the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know? Your heart can deceive you. You may be going and you not, you not look behind. Hmm? Yeah. So you must have sessions where you ask God to judge you. Like, is there anything that you want me to do that I am not doing? Yeah. Reverend George asked God one time and God told him he's not reading the Bible much. <laughs> Everybody on their stage, the stage is on. God expects him. For instance, me, if I should pray for 30 minutes, it doesn't do anything to me. If I should read my Bible for 30 minutes, it doesn't do anything to me. At all. I feel carnal. After reading the Bible for 30 minutes, I feel very carnal throughout the day. Because God is expecting more from me. What satisfies me? It's just like eating. For instance, a child 
a two year, a two and a half year old will eat a very small size of banku. Uh, there are there are exceptions, of course. <laughs> but on a normal day, on a normal day, a child's stomach and an older person's stomach is not the same. I mean, yes, it's small. If you eat that portion, you will not be happy. You will not be satisfied, even though you've eaten, isn't it? Yes, there's a portion, a higher portion you're supposed to eat. Yes, so that's how it is. So. As you are growing, God is expecting you to be eating more. And the more you eat, the more you grow. And you'll be judged on it. Like, mm-hmm. So God told him, brother, you are not reading your Bible as much as I expect you to. So he had to change quickly and start reading it in a certain way. Yeah. So if you judge us, it says if we judge ourselves, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Hmm? For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So what you judge yourself concerning here, you will not be judged on. Next verse. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. You see, you will not be condemned with the world. You will not be condemned like the world is condemned on that day. The Lord will chasten you here. He'll correct you here so that you can be on the path he wants you to go on. Uh-huh. But if you don't, on that day, the secrets that you didn't confess and didn't allow yourself to be judged concerning will all show up. I don't know if everybody will see it. I don't know. Maybe it's only the Lord who will see it. It will be a private disclosure or a public disclosure. Whatever it is. On that day, there is no reputation. We are all one. There is no reputation. Everybody is thinking about himself. Nobody will say, is that what this lady did? I am so surprised. You don't have time. You are thinking about yourself. You don't have time for that. When you do, it gets to your turn, you will see. Yeah. So, yes, your question. And then you, you ask your last question, okay? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, Pastor, please, I had wanted to ask the meaning of glory. And the Bible said God is glory. The meaning of glory? Yes. And, like, what does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah, and God is glory. So, what does it mean? Okay, the Greek word for glory in the Bible, in the New Testament, is doxa, right? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Can you read it to me? One to go. Glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So glory basically means opinion. According to the Taya definition, it means opinion, judgment, view. Okay, it means splendor, resplendence. It means weight. When we say someone's glory, we are talking about what the weight the person exerts, not physical weight. The all the person commands. I don't know if you understand. Uh huh. The honor the person the person commands, fullness. I I don't know if out. Yeah, maybe an English dictionary will help us. But glory has to do with resplendence. Okay, God's weight, beauty, uh, beauty, splendor. It, I'm sure the dictionary will give you similar things that I'm telling you now. Magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, grace. 
Yes. You see, magnificence is the same as similar to resplendence or splendor. Not the hostel. Splend- splendor, like. The weight the person carries. The majesty the person has. Do you get it? Uh-huh. That constitutes the person's glory. Okay? Uh-huh. That is the only thing that we can use to say if God is around. <laughs> if God shows up, it is his glory that shows up. Because his glory is him. His glory is his weight, is his honor, is his majesty, is his resplendence, his beauty. Yeah. So that's the only way to tell that hey, God is in. So sometimes you say, let the glory of God fall. In the, the glory of God fell in the, in, the, in the meeting. They saw God's weight, his magnificence in the meeting in a certain way. His beauty in a certain way. And his glory commands all emotions in every man. Emotions of tears. Of excitement, of joy, all kinds. It, 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 it excites in various ways. You get it? And that glory is inside us. It's not outside, it's inside us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the more you can increase in that, so that scripture tells us about increasing in that glory, being transfigured and transformed more and more into having a bigger weight so I can carry God more. So you spoke about fullness. The fullness of God brings you to the point where you have the full manifestation of the glory of God. If, you can't have the full manifestation of the glory of God even. It has never been showed here on earth. It's only you, when you go to heaven, you see the full uh, manifestation. For instance, in First Kings chapter 3, when Solomon dedicated a temple, the Bible says that when they were slaughtering the bulls and sacrificing the bulls to God, the glory of God filled the house. And the preachers, the priests could not minister anymore. Everybody went flat on the ground. It, the glory commanded them to prostrate. Everybody was compelled to prostrate. Even whether you like it or not. And that's what happens when some people, people are slain by the power of the spirit. The glory of God over floods them. And they say, I don't know what happened. Huh. When John saw God, he went straight on the floor. Isn't it? Uh-huh. The glory of God com- is a command. His weight commands awe. His weight commands respect. That's why no matter what you do, every knee will bow. <laughs> and every tongue will confess. No matter who you are, on that day, every knee, when they see him, every knee will bow. Because he made the knees, everybody will have to go. Yeah. I don't know if I've helped you. So God is glory. The glory of God is him. You can't separate the two. I've answered you. All right. Glow. Have you learned anything since you walked in here today? Thank you, Daddy. Please, the, my questions are two. The first one is about the rewards that you just spoke about. Um, the other time you were saying that if you are not born again, you don't exist in the sight of God. Um, in other words, if you are not Walking in God. I said you are just existing. Uh-huh, you are just existing. So you exist in the sight of God, but you are just existing. You are a two. Okay. You are like a spoon, a fork, a bowl that God can use okay. to satisfy His will. Okay. But He won't say thank you to you. All right. Yes. Uh, so uh, uh, the first question is: So if I have done. Um, for example, when in the Bible it says that if you if you give 
something to a prophet in the name of a prophet you Matthew get chapter 10 verse 41 yes, uh-huh. so yeah. maybe i've done that i wasn't born again after getting born again can the things Go i there. did be credited to my account He that receiveth uh, a prophet in the, prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Next verse. Next verse. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these code water only in the name of a disciple, everly I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So what if you did all these things outside of Christ? Isn't it? On that day, all these things will show up. Remember, they are not judged at the bema seat for rewards. They can't get a reward. They will be judged that if you are not born again, your judgment is at the white throne, and at the white throne, books are opened for argument's sake. Books are opened. Whatever, yes, whatever it is that you did is recorded. So whatever you did for the prophet, whatever you did for the child of God, all those things is recorded. It's a truth. You did it, but to be marched up against the sacrifice of Christ, and then we we'll check to see whether it will balance. You realize that it's not balancing. Okay, I, I, I'm flashing. Okay, I want to know. I'm flashing worship. If Maybe doing those things outside God. Now I'm born again, and I die, and then I go. Now you're born I'm, again. You die. Yes, and go. I got born again. Even though I did those good things outside when God, when I wasn't born again, it will come up on that day. Okay. Ah, it will come up on that day. Remember, okay. Cornelius was not born again. Acts chapter ten, from verse one. Look at Acts chapter ten, verse one. Cornelius was not, he was not born again, but the Bible says that his his alms giving has come up as a memorial before God. So it's a memorial before God, and God, God said, because of what this guy is, I, he needs to be he needs to be born again. So He sent an angel to him, and God does that for a lot of these philanthropic, wild philanthropic people. He always sends angels their way. Some acknowledge it, some do not. Some insult the angels and all that. She still gets the reward for it after she has become born again. Yes, you will. When you become born, yes, you will. It will be called because it's a work you did. You did it for God. Remember, let me let me share a story with you in the Bible. One day, Jesus was sitting down, preaching. Uh, Luke chapter Luke chapter ten, I think. Uh, the, the 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 centurion whose servant was sick. Look at what was said, and look at how Jesus responded. You will see that their works are very important to Jesus. Very very important, Jesus. The Jews, the the rulers of the synagogue, said something about the the centurion. They said that this man has built for us. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. This is Luke seven. Go up. Go up. Go up. Verse five. Verse two. Okay. Go to verse two. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick. He said, "Centurion, he's not born again." And ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him or asking him that he would come and heal his servant. Next verse. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy. He was what? Worthy for whom he should do this. For next verse, for he loveth our nation, and has built us a synagogue. He's built us a meeting place. So what does Jesus do? He doesn't ask questions. He stands up immediately. When he heard that the guy has built a synagogue for God, 
He knows his heart. He knows what type of a man he is. And he's willing and ready to honor him and honor his requests. That is why even when you are not born again and you do some things for the church, you'll be surprised at what will happen to you. By your born again experience, it's very important. You can be sponsoring the church and doing good things. God will honor you. That's why their prosperity doesn't go low. Every prosperous person knows the principle of giving. Every rich man knows the principle of giving. Some don't. Some are ruthless rich men. Others are not. Others are sensible rich men who know that money is supposed to be given for more to come. So they do good things. It's his people's riches that have held pharmaceutical advancements. If you don't know, people single-handedly, people like Bill Gates and all these people, they single-handedly sponsor pharmaceutical researches for us to have inroads, make more inroads into new drugs that will help man live longer and all kinds of things, which are very good things. You get it? Very, very good things. And God honors it. God respects it. He moved. Then Jesus went with them. He didn't ask any question. He went with them. And he got the man his result. God moved when someone who has built a synagogue for him had a request. Yeah. And the same thing is seen with Cornelius as well. So if you become born again, all of that will show up because you did it. It's, it's part of your life. Do you get it? It's part of your life. It's all part of your life. It was outside of Christ. But now that you're in Christ, it makes it more valid because even when you die, not accepting Christ, on that day to show up. So why wouldn't you show up with God on, in a good level on that day? It will show up. Do you understand? They are judged according to their works in Revelation chapter 20. Look at Revelation 20. I, I, I just read 11 to you, 12 to you. Let's read 13 now. Revelation 20, 13. Have you learned anything? And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. It's their works that they are judged according to. That is why they are books, because everyone has a book recording your works. Everybody, Christian, non-Christian, everybody has a book recording his works. There are angels who are always writing around us, always writing. Are you surprised? Oh, there are angels. Angels have books. Oh. Angels have books. Revelation 17, I think. And I saw an angel. Big angel. And he had a little book in his hand. And he said, take it. Hey, angels always have books. <laughs> but there are special angels who are always recording. They're recording your works. Recording. With, and it's, it's against time. So if in the books of God, at 11.55 a.m., you were supposed to be in a certain place, doing something for God, and you weren't there, you weren't doing it, at 11.55, it will, be skip, it will skip. They will skip it. You didn't do anything, so that page will be empty. Then they will go to the next one and see if you write. So some people, the angels are not writing it because they are asleep. They are just asleep. They know that this guy is not going to do anything. Hallelujah. Please, I answered you. You, ha- you said you had a second question, right? Okay. What's the second question? Please, um, last, last week, Wednesday, yeah. you mentioned about the fact that it's not everything you, you, you pray for hours. 
And it's not every situation too you have to pray, let's say, be confessing or uh, I, How do you know? Uh, which one? So which one? Yes, so that I, if I'm supposed, this one I know I have to fast and pray for some hours so that I'll know and I'll not be. Do you want to answer for them? There are some examples. <laughs> exactly. As you are prompted by the Spirit, have you ever known in yourself that this thing have to re- I have to really pray about it though? Have you ever had that before? Strong. It's come strong that you have this one you have to pray. But you don't do it. Or you may do it. Uh-huh. Yes. You may do half and stop. Remember, prayer is an account. So if you do half and you stop and you control it, it to continue for you until it's full, then you can get your result. Uh-huh. So the Spirit of God, it's all by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will prompt you that this one, do it like this. This one, do it like that. Okay? There are works that have been accomplished in Christ for us. For instance, you can't be praying that God will pray for hours that God will make you righteous. Or you don't understand my message. It's already been done in Christ. So you don't pray for hours. You confess. You confess it. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I'm the righteous of God in Christ. No matter what's happening around me. You can't pray for hours for eternal life. You can't pray for hours for the Holy Spirit. You can't pray for hours for faith. No. You get it. Uh-huh. Look into your Bible. You see that when Jesus was going to accomplish a work for the Lord, he prayed for hours. When you are going to accomplish a work for the Lord, you pray for hours. Because a great ineffectual door is open, but many are the adversaries. You need to put all the adversaries in their right places. You need to bind demons and bind devils. It's scriptural. How can you enter a strong man's house and spoil his goods when you have not yet bound him? That is talking about prayer. You must bind the strong man, then you can go. For instance, if you want to make a certain, have a certain kind of increase in this city, we need to pray hours. You understand? If you want to break a certain threshold, you want to have 10,000 people in a church, it doesn't come by sitting down and confessing. I, I take 10,000. Take, I'm taking them. Which come from? Whose come? Remember 2 Corinthians 4.3. But if our gospel is hidden, hmm? if our gospel is what? Hidden. It is hidden to them that are lost. Why? Next verse. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So they don't believe not because they don't want to believe. Someone has blinded their minds. There's a darkness covering them. And it is war. If you are coming, you have to fight. Where do we fight? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not fighting with human beings. It's fighting with principalities and powers. Well, of course, we are not fighting them. We are, putting, we are making, announcing ourselves to them, make, putting them where they belong, under our feet. That's all. So you, you, you pray with your spiritual authority. You must be aware of your authority as a believer and pray from the place of victory. Do you understand? You do the binding and casting out. Okay? So that you, they can release. So that when you preach, you can find the people to preach to. Pastor Mark will say, the people are hidden in the, in the system. We can go out and you can't find anybody to lead to Christ. When you meet everybody, everybody's born again. You would think that everybody's born again in the city. It's not true. The devil has intentionally hidden them. When he says that you're coming this way, then let them pass this way. Hundred people pass this way. You will pass here, you meet one Christian. And you say, oh, I'm going to lead to Christ, so I'm born again already. Oh, okay. Ah, pastor, today we went out, we didn't find anybody. To... It's like the city is born again. Pow, the whole city. You're a liar. The God of this world has blinded them. And he has hidden them. If you want them to be exposed, sat kilish clash, 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 
Menzo's killer, Paloge, take your hands off now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Put them where they are supposed to be. Pray in tongues until you have a note of victory within. Or else don't stop. And that could go for days, for hours. Ken Hagen prayed for six months hmm? for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why didn't he pray for it one day and say that I have it? He prayed for six months. Then the word of God started opening up to him in a certain way. Yes, six months every day. He opens the Bible to Ephesians. We want it cheap, but he didn't get it cheap. That is why it never stopped. When he got it, it never stopped. It was there till he was 86 when he died. Yes. He opened his Bible and knelt down and prayed. Ephesians 1, 16 downwards. Ephesians 3, 16 downwards. Prayed every morning, afternoon, evening, morning, afternoon, evening. Six months. Six months. He said when he was going to enter into the next level of his ministry, God prompted him to be praying. Since it was cold, winter cold, December into January, winter cold, he wake up in the morning and kneel down for two hours and be praying. Yeah, that's why we hear of Kenegan, even though he's in one place in America. Kenegan didn't move out of America. He was always in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Who doesn't know Kenegan around the world? Who doesn't know T.L. Osborne around the world? Who doesn't know Roberts? They, they didn't travel outside of America. Okay, T.L. Osborne did. But Roberts didn't travel outside of America much. But... They are all over the place. Why? They took the world on their knees. If you don't take the world on your knees, forget it. It's a principle you can't run away from. You prepare yourself and do it. It's as simple as that. It doesn't fall on your laps like ripe cherries. You must do something. You must, the price is the same. Prayer. Nanto. Mente. Klanta. Plankoshkelenkenke. Fenon klan 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 klan. <laughs> you pray in tongues. Yeah. You give back to nations. You think Pastor Chris is where he is because he's a nice guy. He's into confession. You think it's because of confessions. Brothers and sisters, it will be confessions like that. You make confessions after you've chalked some things. Then you make confessions. Do you understand? Uh-huh. He said he fasted ah, and prayed. Ah. His father asked him why? What is wrong? What have you done? What sin have you committed? He said, they didn't understand me. I was asking for the nations. God prompted him to do it. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing from God to want to even pray for the nations. To have the, it's, it's a blessing from God. It's a grace from God. If it's not given to you, you will never have it. It's a calling. It's not for everybody. Yeah. He said he prayed and fasted to the extent that his current working style was not his working style before he did that fasting and prayer. He said that fasting and prayer affected his current, his working style. So now, how he works now, like this, eh? It's because it's a fasting and prayer posture. <coughs> it has altered his working style. He said that. I, I, I mean, you see, if you say you are following somebody, if not listen to him, you don't know what you are talking about. You can't. You can't listen. It's not superficial. You have to go deeper. Do you get it? You have to look for deeper. Go deeper and find out. I mean, I follow him, so I have to go deeper. I have access to certain things you don't have access to because I follow him. Yeah. He said, my posture, my walking style changed. He said, you see me wearing shoes like this? You should see my knees. Apparently, his knees are black. Black. Hey! Black! Why? It's always kneeling down. Kotoje. Where Kotu? Knees will go down. Your knees must go down. As long as you are standing... Nobody will bow. When you bow, everybody will bow. In Jesus' name.
Yeah. Amen. Can you kindly rise up on your feet for two minutes? Just thank God for what He has shared with you. Thank God for what He has shared with you in two minutes. Just thank God. A lot has been said. Just give God glory for what He has said to you. Thank God. Thank God for what He has shared with you. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.